Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast Season 2, Episode 4. Sports Guy Chris here with my good friend Mikey once again. Mikey, how are you doing this morning? Oh, man, I am doing A-OK. Nice, man, nice. Hey, we have had, of course, a lot of developments in the NFL world over this last week. We know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. We have an all-time great, maybe the greatest ever, retiring. Um, A lot of interesting and uh, things going on in the NFL in terms of coaching, which we'll get to a big conversation there. But of course, Mikey, I think we need to lead off today with the big news that Tom Brady, of course, announced his retirement, then did it, and then officially did. So, um, of course, he he had 15 million reasons to wait a little bit longer to get that bonus in there to retire. So it makes a little sense. But the great, the GOAT, Tom Brady, comeback kid, whatever nickname you want to have for Tom, has decided to call it, call it quits, retire after a 22-year NFL career. It's amazing. Yeah. Mikey, obviously, I, we need to lead off with, with uh, old man Brady, you know, going off into the sunset. Yeah. Your thoughts on Tom retiring? Is he the greatest of all time? You know, um, just interested to get your thoughts on on Mr. Brady. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you look at all of his accolades and you look at the fact that he was able to succeed at such a high level for so long. I mean, it's not like he had yeah a small little yeah. five year run of right. success. I mean, you're talking about you know a good probably 18 19 years of success you know because yeah. i yep. mean he didn't come in right away and start if i'm not mistaken yeah. right so yep. you know i mean here's a guy that you look at his team pictures throughout the years and i mean you got this this guy that was picked well deep in the draft and, yeah you know Sixth that round. no one no Sixth one round pick no yep. one thought about any you know give him you know two yep. two thoughts and uh, you know now he's potentially going down as you know the greatest of all time and I, I think there's it's really hard to argue as much as I'm a West Coast guy and a Los Angeles guy, and again it's Boston and anybody yeah. that knows me knows my my um, my dislike for Boston. Um, oh yeah, it's it's really hard. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's incredibly hard, dude, to kind of go against the fact that he's probably the greatest of all time, man. I mean, yeah. he's 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 engineered comebacks. He's he's you oh, know, yeah. I mean. He's been able to play at a high level and put up numbers, and it's not like it's not like um, uh, 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 Peyton Manning, right? Where he played incredibly well in Indianapolis, and he had good stretch runs there, and consistently they had the best record in the NFL, and they went into the playoffs, and it was like, this is Peyton's year, this is Peyton's year, this is the Colts' yeah, year, yeah. And then you know they would get beat every year, and then yeah, he goes to they'd Denver. They run into the Patriots, right? A lot exactly. Of times yeah. And, yeah, and yep. then, but then you you uh, you know then he goes to Denver. And he's not the, quite the same guy, but he, he manages the offense yep. well enough. But the defense is what helped him win that ring, right? Yeah. You know, and so, but here's a guy that even in his the last two seasons in, you know, Tampa Bay has Incredible. engineered yeah. Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl victories. And, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's absolutely incredible, um, you know, and, and kudos to him. And, you know, hey, Enjoy being a dad and enjoy your kids and, you know, enjoy retirement. I've heard that they're going to try and get him into the broadcast booth, but you know what? I don't see that man doing it. I don't see it. Yeah. I I think he's going to, he's going to retire and he'll do a a bunch of other endeavors and it really, you know, I mean, from what's out there, it seems like, you know, his wife really wanted him to retire more family time and all that stuff. And I hope he takes, you know, takes that opportunity to do that. You know, I, as people know, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan, but I was <coughs> going to give him his full accolades that he deserves. I mean, you know, when you, when you talk about 
Greatest football player of all time, it's difficult because it's the ultimate team sport. But greatest quarterback of all time, certainly. You know, Tom has got to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we'll run down the, the list of accolades that it's quite amazing what he was able to accomplish. So, um, first all time in, in passing yards, 84,520 for his career. Jeez. First all time in pass completions, 7,263. First all time in pass attempts with 11,317. First all time in passing touchdowns, 624. There's only three other quarterbacks that have over 500. Uh, Drew Brees is second with 571, Peyton Manning with 539, and Brett Favre with 508. So, um, quarterback rating, eighth all time, 97.6 career quarterback rating. Fourth quarter comebacks, Tom had 42 in his career, second all time. Wow. So, guess who? Peyton Manning, beat wow. him by one. Hey, there you go. Peyton Manning has wow. 43. So, wow. hey. Think about this. If wow. if they could have, uh, you know, got that field goal before Stafford, that would have been 43 in that last yeah. playoff game. But anyway, uh, it was nice of, of Tom Brady to let Peyton Manning hold on to I one of those records, record. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, coincidentally, the guy right behind Tom, Ben Roethlisberger with 41. Really? Wow. Two, two okay. guys called their quits at the same time. So well, pretty you impressive. Well, you know, you're talk, also talking about two guys that were in the league for, you know, 18 years. Bajillion years. years, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. 53 game-winning drives in Tom Brady's career. Wow. Um, just absolutely fascinating. I mean, that's really the, the clutch factor, it's totally. You know, Tom wasn't the highest-rated passer. He wasn't always the most accurate from a completion standpoint. But that clutch factor, when the game was on the line, clearly he got it done. I mean, yeah. I love my boy Aaron Rodgers, but he's a guy that you go through his career. He's not a comeback kid. He's yeah. really not. You know, when, when you need him to win a game at the end, the resume is a little lack in there. So he's great. He's great. He's a really good player, wins a lot of football games. I'm not trying to say that, but um, there's a glaring difference when you look at some of those things. So Tom, ultimate clutch factor, of course. Uh, he finished his career with 27 rushing touchdowns. Out of that stat, I think the most amazing one is five of those rushing TDs came in the last two years at age 43 and 44. What? I mean, that's just not how it's supposed to go. So fascinating. Um, you know, the his accolades, 22 seasons, of course, Mikey, 15-time Pro Bowl selection. Wow. He was a three-time All-Pro first team, which in football, there's only one All-Pro first team quarterback. That's how it works. There's only one All-Pro second team quarterback. It's not like, you know, you get five to ten quarterbacks every year. It's one. So three-time All-Pro first team quarterback, three-time All-Pro second team quarterback. He was a three-time league MVP, 2007, 2010, and 2017. A five-time Super Bowl MVP, which is just amazing to say. A seven-time Super Bowl champion, of course, played in 10 Super Bowls. He led the league in passing uh, touchdowns five times, led the league in passing yards four times, led the league in passer rating twice, and led the league in completion percentage one time. Out of all of those accolades, to me, the most impressive thing out of anything was that this year at age 44, he led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. To me, that's amazing to do at age 44. Talk about a guy going out on a high note, no doubt yeah. about it. So my hat off to Tom Brady. He is without the doubt uh, the, the greatest quarterback of all time. When it comes to greatest football players of all time, 
I mean, it's just hard. It, the different yeah. positions, it's ultimate team game. Sure, but, sure. You Offense, know, defense, guys don't play both sides of the floor. I'll give you an example. Both sides of the field, right, rather. right. Yeah. I mean, Jim Brown, for instance, yeah. right? The all-time mm-hmm. great Cleveland running back. He only played nine years. He led the NFL in rushing eight of those nine years. And the other year, he finished fourth. Not wow. bad, right? Yeah. Um, he had 106 career rushing touchdowns in just nine seasons. Wow. 126 total touchdowns. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry for his career in an era where teams ran the ball. It was a very physical era. Um, and he's the only rusher in NFL history to finish his career averaging over 100 yards per game for his wow. entire career. Wow. I mean, so when you talk about greatest football players of all time, yeah. you got to talk about him. Even a guy like... Paul Hornick, who only played nine seasons, too, for my Packers way, way back in the day. But you're talking about a guy that once scored a touchdown, kicked three field goals and four extra points in an NFL championship game that they won. And he returned kicks. He had five career touchdown passes, over 500 career passing yards, 50 rushing touchdowns, 12 (laughs) receiving touchdowns, 66 career made field goals, 190 career extra points made. And he was a four-time uh, champion as well, Heisman Trophy winner and an NFL MVP. Again, only nine seasons, but all of the do-it-everything versatility. Right. I mean, I love Tom, but he didn't kick any extra points or return any kickoffs. So. No, but I would argue, though, that his career of 22 years spanned different oh, eras totally, of football. Oh, totally, man. And, yeah, and yeah. He was able to find – and, yes, the part of that success – the, the, yeah. the, the, the part of that success is owed to the fact that over the course of those 22 seasons, you know, the NFL made rules that protected the quarterback a hell of a lot more yeah. than a Jim yeah. Brown or quarterbacks of that era where, oh, totally. you know, you could yeah. knock guys around yeah. and, you I know, mean, knock you, them out. You couldn't play that long in the 60s. But, yeah, I mean, I understand but... what you're saying, absolutely. I mean, you know – it's really hard, whereas in basketball, for example, or even baseball, where you have – football is the only pro sport that guys don't play both sides of the field That's the or both yeah. sides of the court. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you're not talking about guys that are gifted offensively but have shortcomings defensively or vice versa, right? Sure, right. You know, you got guys that are offensive guys and you got yeah. guys that are yeah. defensive guys. And then you do have players that kind of in special teams – but they don't get nearly the praise that they probably should. And not to mention, those are guys that play both, you know, they're sure. offensive guys that are on special teams, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. Um, so football, it's very hard to kind of argue it's really tough. who the yeah. greatest of all time yeah. is. But when you run down those stats, though, oh yeah, no, I, mean, I mean, you know, Tom again, Brady has got to be quarterback of all time without yeah. a doubt. Greatest football player, it's going to be tough. I think sure. that's just a conversation that is very. I mean, I, the only reason I bring this up, I've heard this talked about a lot yeah. this week since he retired, and uh, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I, I think it's very difficult to have a greatest football player. of and all And the time, other thing but, too is, is that you know, I look at greatest of all time in some degree, especially when it comes to basketball which is a little bit easier, and that's like a transformative type player, right? Oh, totally. A, a guy right. that yeah. comes in yep. and changes the way the game is played. I agree with and, you 100% And in that regard, that you know, you could look at somebody like a, you know, Michael Vick, for example. Yeah, or, that's true. Or, you yeah. know, a Donovan McNabb or, or um, a Ladanian Tomlinson. Somebody that comes in and, and changes the way yeah. that a Marshawn yeah. Lynch yeah. Um, a guy that comes in and they change the way that the game is played, right? Totally, you wouldn't necessarily yeah. have these running type quarterbacks if it weren't for a Michael Vick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, Tom Brady was a, is a is a classic quarterback in yes. the sense that yeah. yes, he's got those rushing touchdowns, but 
you could argue Russell I Wilson probably has more rushing touchdowns. Oh, yeah, totally. Kyler Murray yeah, has more yeah, rushing yeah. touchdowns, you know? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers might have more rushing does, touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, it, he came up in an era that it's completely different, right? He's a totally, pocket Mike, quarterback. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, and he's also been blessed with an offensive line that has protected him yeah. um, and, and yep. prevented serious injury because yep. there's no way he goes 22 seasons without rules in place that both protect him and he's got an offensive line in front of him that protects him. Totally, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's something to be said. But I agree with you, though. It, it's very hard to, yeah. to – greatest quarterback of all time, I agree with you 100%. Hands down. Greatest yep. football player of all time, that's incredibly hard. Maybe greatest offensive football player greatest of all time. Greatest offensive football player of all time, I could probably give him that. Half you of those know? receivers yeah. don't get – or Gronk doesn't get the yeah. accolades he gets if he's playing with – uh, very true. You know, yep. Mark Sanchez. Great points, Mikey. I mean, hey, if, if somebody went to me and said, hey, Tom Brady's the greatest offensive player of all time, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. If they said Jim Brown was, I wouldn't argue with that either. Um, if somebody came to me and said, hey, Lawrence Taylor was the greatest football player of all time, I wouldn't yeah. argue with that either because yeah. he, he changed the game defensively. Um, you talk about a guy in 1986 that won the Defensive Player of the Year and the NFL MVP because of how dominant he was, yeah. led the Giants to a crushing Super Bowl victory over Denver. So, anywho, accolades yeah. to Tom, greatest of all time. Yeah. We ran down the stats. Yeah. It's amazing. It is it's amazing. Nuts. He's had... If you break it down, he's had two Hall of Fame careers in one. Mm -hmm, two Hall mm -hmm, of Fame careers. Mm -hmm. If you took his first half of his career, uh, that would be good enough to get into sure. the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then that second half, from yeah. age 35 to 44, he had another Hall of Fame career yeah. when most guys are retired. That yeah. is just fascinating. So, yeah. Tom, um, probably something maybe some folks, even myself, never thought I would say, but we will miss you. He's a great football player. I miss hating you. Yeah, we'll miss hating you, buddy. But uh, anyways, we got a good, good young group of quarterbacks coming up. So yeah. the game is in good hands, Absolutely. you know, clearly with the playoffs that we saw and everything. So, um, which is going to lead us to our next point. We're going to recap these uh, championship games from yeah. this last weekend, especially that AFC game. Woo! So, um, you know, Mikey, let's just jump right in let's and do, do that. We'll take a segment break afterward. But I tell you, man, that AFC championship game, was Dude. was something else. Joe Burrow and yeah. Patty Mahomes going at it. We had another over. It ended in overtime yeah. again. I yeah. mean, the way that game started, it seemed like Kansas City. Uh, you know, uh, all right, Kansas City's just going to coast. You know, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. Bengals kind of clawed in it a little bit. Uh, but, dude, um, what yeah. was your take on that game? It was fascinating, man. What well, a great game. I mean, I think, in short, um, you know, it was it was good to see that the, the overtime uh, went the other way this <laughs> yeah, time around. Yeah, it went the around. other there way, was, right, after talking of, about uh, it last week. A little, right. little bit of karma uh, there, if you will. Um, you know, I mean, hell, playing in Arrowhead and, you know, they went to the coin toss and the Chiefs won the coin toss – the way the fans were reacting, they thought that had game, they had that oh, game. Oh yeah, on they lock. had it done. Yeah. And um, again, I, I think that gives credence to the fact that the NFL needs to take a look at the way that the overtime rules are played in the I playoffs. Agree. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I, I mean, look, I, that was a fascinating game. I mean, Wasn't it? that Bengals team was getting just ran all over the field yep. in that first yep. half. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, what, 21-3 in the in the half at the half. Um, you know, and, and you, you would have thought that, man, yeah, these, these chiefs are going to run away with it. Like, boy, it seemed that you know, way. And, and we had yeah. predicted that the chiefs were going to win this game, that they were going to move on and possibly win the super bowl. 
and, you know, the Bengals and their defense and, you know, much like the way that they've played seemingly all season, yeah. you know, being these un- this underdog team despite going out there and, and winning football games. I mean, look, man, they, they went out there. They held them to three points in that in that second Amazing. half. Amazing. A yeah. field goal. A field they, goal. they held yep. Pat Mahomes to a field goal. That was yep. it. That was it. Um, and despite their offensive weapons, um, you know, that was impressive. And, yep. you know, I will give our – our Super Bowl predictions next week, but sure. yeah, that was yeah. that was nothing short of amazing. And Joe Burrow, <laughs> Joe you know, Burrow, I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's easy to pile on the accolades right now. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady, it took a while for that to kind of yeah, you sure. know, going back right. to Tom, yeah. it took a yeah. while for that to kind of yeah. you know um, um, start getting that 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 steam engine rolling. Uh, you know, so I don't want to pile too much on, and you're obviously more attuned with NFL history than I am. But, I mean, it was really nice to see a guy go out there. And this is one thing that I'm impressed with with this Bengals team uh, so far in watching them in the playoffs. It's a fairly fearless team. Yeah, it really is. They, they, it really I mean, is. Jamar Chase, like, he, you know, he's picking his spots and, and, and he continues to go out there and do his thing. I mean, you know, the defense continues to go out there and they, they you know, the coaches, the offensive coordinators, everybody on the Bengals team, Zach Taylor, the head coach, they're going out there and they're just doing things and, yep. and they're and yep. you know I mean hell they had nothing to lose at halftime coming into no, the second not half at all. they're yeah. down twenty one three hey yeah. let's go out there and play yep. football and yeah. and that's what they did and I yep. and I will say this though I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs played it safe I think they thought I think arrogance took over I honestly do because you watched in that first half they were making pay, passes yeah. they were they yep. were doing things quickly they were doing things. To help speed it, kind of like the Niners did in the NFC Championship. The NF, the, the, we'll get to that one too. But the Chiefs played it safe in that second half. Uh, it seemed that way. Kind I mean, they of, didn't. Yeah. They didn't. I seem noticed to some be... things different from the first half. And, yeah. You know, I, it, to me, it seemed like they were playing. Let's protect the lean a little bit, and I think they were underestimating, uh, you know, a little bit of of what the Bengals were potentially able to do. Yeah. Um. I. You know. He, and you go back. I think the game, the game changed on that last play of the first half. So, like you pointed out, they jumped out to the twenty-one to three lead. First three possessions, Kansas City went right down the field and scored. But they they were methodical. They took what the Bengals gave them. The Bengals were were taking away the deep the deep pass. They weren't letting them have any big play. And Mahomes just said, okay, fine. He took what the defense gave them, and they carved them up. Went right down the field three possessions in a row. It's twenty-one three. A little dump pass from the Bengals, and you know, P. Ryan, the, the running back, ends up breaking it because of yeah. poor tackling, and it gets it to 21 to 10. But Kansas City comes right back. They drive down the field. They get the ball to the one yard line. Yeah. Five seconds left in the half. Andy Reid's on the sideline, wants to send out Buckner to kick the field goal, go into the locker room with a two touchdown lead. Pat Mahomes says, Coach, one more play. You know, one more play. Okay, you got to throw it to the end zone. There's no timeouts. For whatever reason, Pat Mahomes made the first big glaring mistake of his career and throws it a swing pass inbounds and the clock runs out. Andy Reid is irate going into the locker room because a coach that doesn't give up points, a coach that generally in his entire Hall of Fame career will take points, just gave up three points. And now the Bengals go into the locker room with 21 all... 21-10, that's right. 21-10, yeah, 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 they, yeah, they got yeah, the touchdown. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't 21-3, yeah. Like, yeah, Bengals end up going into the locker room with all the momentum in the world. Zach Taylor, their coach was going ballistic. Hey, we did a big stop, you know. Yeah. And now you, you think about the psyche stop. going into the locker rooms. Kansas City's going like deer in headlights. We never had this happen under Reed and Mahomes where we 
blundered away points so blatantly. Yeah. And Cincinnati feels like, hey, we just got a birth of life. We were getting pounded. Yeah. We had a little running back dump screen, and all of a sudden we're in the game because the other team screwed up. Hey, we're, all right, let's do it. And from that point, what I saw in the second half was Kansas City, in particular Patrick Mahomes, they played it safe, but then Mahomes, for whatever reason, wasn't taking what the defense was giving him. Yeah. He was scrambling around and trying to extend and make that extra play. One of his touchdown passes was was like that in the first half, and it almost seemed like he was trying to get back that touchdown they didn't get at the end of the first half in one play. You know, that Buffalo game, big plays back and forth the yeah. whole game long. I mean, 60-yard right. touchdown to Hill. There were big plays there. Cincinnati just came out the same way in the second half, said we're not going to give up the big plays. Yeah. And Pat started to press. Yeah. Their defense started to be able to break through a little bit, you know, and get some pressure on yeah. him. And I mean, you go to that last play in regulation, he lost 20 yards and fumbled the football. Yeah. They were fortunate to even get a field goal attempt off. I What I saw was something I had never seen from Pat Mahomes before. He was flustered, and he yeah. tried to force things, yeah. and it didn't happen. That's what happened to Kansas City earlier in the year when they weren't playing good. Patty was forcing some passes and throwing higher picks than normal. So I, I saw a change there. They tried to force things. And then, I mean, Joe Burrow's performance down the stretch was impressive. I mean, he was under duress the entire game yeah. and just throwing dimes. He and then breaking tackles. Breaking tackles left and right and <laughs> wiggling out. There was a few times, man, that he was like, yeah, dude. I was like, oh, this is a sack for sure. And sack he for somehow, sure. And he like, get the out of it. The, the lineman got a hand on the dude, and he still somehow escaped out he of it, man. Yeah, still shimmy away. So Yeah, it was impressive. It was really impressive. I mean, clearly, that dude just oozes confidence and yeah. you can tell everybody around him picks up on that yeah. in the locker room and everything like that but it was a young team that believes in themselves yeah. and they got a little bit of an opportunity from kansas city and they took advantage of Absolutely. it you know so um and mahomes even in that overtime you know they got the ball and the two passes he threw before the pick weren't good passes either right. they were trying to force things so mm -hmm. it was it was a little surprising to see that a kansas city team that normally doesn't do that and ends up doing it. But yeah. hats off to Cincinnati. What what a fascinating game, man. Yeah. That was a, a great, great game. So wow. Yeah, yeah. I no, tell I, you. yeah, it was insane. It was absolutely bonkers. And and you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, Pat Mahomes, you know, I mean, he showed cracks in his game that, you know, yeah. despite the success the last, you know, three years or something like that, you know, I mean it the Bengals and the and the Bills the week before have, have kind of shown a little bit of a blueprint as sure. to how you can get to yeah. this guy. Yeah. And, you know, for all of his accolades of being able to scramble out of the pocket and make these sidearm throws and all of these plays and his legs and all these kinds of things, I mean, you know, there there's a blueprint there on how you yeah. can beat this guy. And he's going to, you know, and I would expect him, he, he seems to be a pretty good kid. He seems to be a guy that, you know, is going to go back to the drawing board and probably watch film ad oh, nauseum totally. and, yeah. Yeah. and look at what he can do and, you yeah. know, do differently. And you're right. I mean, it, and I, but I think that was goes to some of that arrogance though, that I think whether it's the coaching staff, the players, yeah. that, that play in the first half, I mean, yeah. you're like, you're yeah. absolutely right. Like you had a for sure three points. It would have been 24 to 10 yeah. and two touchdown lead, which is a big difference between an 11 point lead because yeah. now if you're the Bengals, you need two touchdowns and you win this game. Yep. yep. And, you yep. know, as opposed to, you know, two touchdowns to tie the game. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so, like you said, I mean, that's whether that's just like, obviously you want to have faith in your quarterback, but then, like you said, like giving up points, I don't know, man, that's, that's a toss up. That's right. But that's something that they talked about in the telecast though, is that, 
a lot of teams this year were pressing things a little bit more. Fourth and one, yeah. you know, like, hey, we're going to go for it. Yeah. A lot of, and I, I think that's amazing. And I love that. I love that about oh, some of these too. new yeah, coaches, sure. some of these yep. new players. Yep. You're given four opportunities yep. to get 10 yards, yeah. right? Yep. Let's take it. Yeah, what, I mean, totally. You know, sure. I mean, these defenses, as good as these offenses are, are there, you've got some hell good defenses yeah. on the other side of the oh, football. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's go for fourth and one. I, yeah, it's, if, if we're, you know, on this, you know, uh, if we're going the other way and we're just 10 yards past the 50-yard line, so they've got 60 yards to go that way, why not try it? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, you I know, I, I mean, yeah. it, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think that's fun. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. I man. think instead I mean, of oh, it's it's you know third and long, it's four, you know uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick you know, third and one, uh, we're gonna kick the we're gonna punt it. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna kick it. Like oh man, come on, try for it, man. I, it does make the game more exciting. It that's does for sure. That's for sure. You know, and and the the analytics, the move with analytics, it, it shows that hey. This many points is worth more than that. You're going for it. You're going to have just a good, you know, da, 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 da. The one thing that the analytics don't show is what can happen if you don't get it. So, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. that's the one thing. Analytics will show you this says you should do this. But you, you, you I think sometimes what happens is they're just operating that, okay, I'm automatically going to pick up this fourth and one. Or I'm automatically going to score this touchdown with five seconds left in the first half. A play that's very difficult to do, mind you. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. an easy play to do. So I think sometimes the, the, these coaches and teams might have got caught up in the, oh, yeah, we're just going to do it. Well, the Chargers did that a lot this year and then converted a lot of times. And you could argue <laughs> cost them maybe two games. So yeah. I like the aggressiveness. Don't get me wrong. but Yeah, but in, if you're in a short field, you're in the red zone. I mean, you, the defense is also playing in a short field, which makes those plays difficult. It does. It takes and away. You have less field to work with to, to, to run your offense, to get guys and, yeah. in open space. So and, and with no timeouts, you can't run the football in that situation. So they knew you are going to pass it. Yeah. So that takes some things away. Anyway. Uh, fascinating game, man. Absolutely. Absolutely fascinating. On the other side, of course, we had the Rams ended up coming back. They were down 17-7 going into the fourth quarter. They were able to rally and get it done. The 49ers defense just kind of, you know, lost steam in the fourth quarter, but the offense didn't do anything to help them out either. They weren't really able to run the ball that effectively. And Jimmy G had a couple touchdown passes, but when he needed to win the game... He, he Jimmy G showed up. Jimmy G showed up. You know, I mean, I, again, it's it's. I would love to give the guy some credit, but they didn't win those first two playoff games because of him. I right. mean, you know, they got it done because of their defense. And oh, you teams. sound so bitter. Yeah, I Just know, kidding. right? Bitter Packer fan, but yeah, no. Um, anyway, no, but I mean, you're right. Have, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, it, it, and now we know why they're gonna move off of him, and yeah. Trey Lance is gonna get this, get going next year, but. Um, hats off to McVay and Matt Stafford, a guy obviously who toiled in Detroit for a long time. Yeah. Congrats to those guys to get to the Super Bowl. So, um, Mikey, a little yeah. tidbit for you. This will be the first time in Super Bowl history that a top three seed is not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's two, pretty four fascinating. Seeds. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's the highest uh, when you add the two seeds together you know green bay's last super bowl against pittsburgh w it was also eight you know the steelers were the two seed green bay was the six seed in the nfc so okay you add these two together it's eight so it's the highest whatever you know seed gotcha, gotcha. combined in history but um yeah i i mean that was a good football game nothing was really that surprising to me in the rams 49ers game to be right. honest with you you know um the rams did enough to get it done but honestly <laughs> Um, who knows what would have happened had the had the San Francisco defensive back dropped that interception that was thrown <sighs> right to him. I mean yeah. that 
That dude's going to be thinking about that hands, one forever. Man. That one, yeah. It was right in the numbers. I mean, it was a yeah. perfect pass from Stafford yeah. to him. You know, yeah. you couldn't have dialed it up any better. But, oh, man. Um, anywho, McVay and, and Stafford get over the hump. Like Mikey said, we will, we will give you our full breakdown next week for the Super Bowl and predictions. But... Man, those were a couple really fascinating they games. They were. Any any other, you know, any to wrap up those NFC no, and AFC I mean, title look, games? I, I mean, I, as much as it kills me to say it, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see. Obviously, a team from the NFC West was going to be in the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, look, I, I don't think it's much of a surprise that the Rams are there. I mean, this no, was a pretty no. sexy preseason yeah, pick yeah. To, to make a run at the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it's... It's hard to dislike Stafford because unlike Jimmy G, he did do things to help the Rams win yeah, some of these football did. games. Oh, yeah, and, totally, and, totally. You know, he's I don't think he's completely shed any of the flack that he had got in Detroit, um, you know, as far as his quarterbacking skills or whatever. Sure. But I mean look, the guy went out there and he played the way that the Rams wanted him to play, and that's why they traded for him. And yeah. and yep. you know, they traded away from Jared Goff. Um, and he, he's, he's doing exactly that. You're seeing, you know, guys, Von Miller didn't really get in the action too, too much in that game, but you know, Odell Beckham, I, yeah, I mean, oh, you know, yeah, Beckham he, showed up he, in these he playoffs showed up big, big time, time. Yeah, and you're right. you know, he's, he's playing himself into a, a pretty nice contract. Yeah, I think so. Probably Mikey. not getting yep. paid in Bitcoin, but, um, <laughs> yeah. he's going to play himself into a nice contract. Uh, you know, my, my curiosity stems from can't he's, he's doing this on this contract to win a Super Bowl, does the old Beckham Jr. show up to where he's now a distraction more than he's, yeah, he's right. a hindrance yeah. more than he's a help? Yeah. And yeah. if he goes to a new team or if he resigns to the Rams, you'd like to think he can stay in line. But I think that was one of the knocks on him to begin with. It's yeah. just kind of yeah. his his arrogance and kind of distracting. Yeah. Um, and he's playing the part. Yeah, he. Yeah, but you know yeah. what happens when he gets that new contract, and now he wants to be the number one receiver. Yeah, that's a good um, point. That'll be interesting. But to but see. you know, I mean, look, there's so many good receivers out there. It'd be hard for him. He'd be hard pressed to go to any team and be the number one guy. Yeah. Um. He's he's getting to that point now. I think where he's a number two, number three guy. Sure. And uh, in, in the depth chart, but. I mean, look, I mean, happy for him. Uh, I'm happy yeah. for Matt Stafford. I mean, the reaction that they showed on the screen of his wife and, you know. I oh, mean, yeah. That's got to be a huge weight because win or lose, you know, you're in the Super Bowl. You you help get them that, to that point, um, you know, and, and you've got continue. You can continue to build on something there sure. in L.A. Um, so, I mean, good. I, I'm happy for him. Um wasn't a pretty game. It was nothing near to what the AFC game was. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, you know, I I mean, look, they get to play in their home stadium. Yep. Um, yep. you know, despite fans' efforts, there's lots of San Francisco fans. Yeah. Um, in the stadium. So I mean, look, kudos kudos to them. Um, and then we'll we'll touch bases on the Super Bowl picks next week. But you know, Absolutely. kudos to the two teams making it: the Bengals and the Rams. Totally, man. Totally. Um, yay. There you go, guys. We're going to take a quick segment break. When we come back, we're going to jump into a lot of what's going on coaching-wise in the NFL, including with Brian Flores, of course. Big news there. We'll touch on that, give you our thoughts. Balls and Beards podcast. Be right back. Balls and Beards podcast, season two, episode four, coming back right now at you. Of course, Mikey and I just went through uh, Tom Brady's retirement, of course, his list of accolades, touch base on those two championship games from this past Sunday, the AFC and NFC championship game. 
Now we're going to switch our focus to the coaching carousel, among other things. And, of course, Brian Flores is right at the center of it mm-hmm. um, with the discrimination lawsuit that he brought against the NFL and three teams. Of course, we had a couple other hirings as well. So Mikey and I would like to touch on those, talk about the Flores lawsuit, and kind of dive into that a little bit. Of course, yeah. the two hires, Josh McDaniels uh, going to the Raiders, and mm-hmm. uh, Doug Peterson, former Super Bowl winning coach with the Eagles, will be going to Jacksonville. Yeah. Work with uh, young Trevor Lawrence down there. So, Mikey, first yeah. off, what's your take on the two hires, and then we'll jump into that lawsuit and, and get your take on Flores, but... I'm interested to get your take on these two coaching hires. What you think? Yeah, I don't know. From from what I've read and in, in in the brief amount of that I've been reading is that I don't know, man. It doesn't sound like um, they're too happy with the Josh McDaniels uh, uh, hiring down there in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, they were really kind of act. From what I've read, um, you know, the the team was kind of or some members of the team were really pulling for the guy that was their interim. Head yeah, coach. the interim coach. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, very rarely in the in the NFL it seems to interim coaches get the actual head coaching job, um, because I think that you know, like in this case, there's bigger, sexier names out there, and Josh McDaniels totally. happens to be one of those names, and. You know, despite his, um, you know, brief tenure as a head coach a couple times or whatever, and then he went back to being an offensive coordinator where he has been successful. Yep. Um, you know, uh, now he's back to the head coach. Now he's back to the sidelines as a head coach. Um, you know, look, I, I think there's always going to be that initial sticker shock. And, you know, there's kind of, especially, I don't know if the guys that, they, I didn't read anything about who those players were. It was just that, sure, you know, there sure. was players that were uneasy about it. I don't know, man. Maybe those guys are free agents that don't know if they're going to have a job or not, that McDaniels is going to come in there and clean house, so to speak, or want to bring in his own guys or, you know, whatever. So I kind of take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, You know, here's a guy in Josh McDaniels that by and large doesn't have a great resume as far as a head coach is concerned. Yeah. But – as an offensive coordinator and things like that. I mean, if I was, if I'm Carr, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I think this could potentially be a good fit for him. And, Great and pairing, yeah. you know, I, I think that this is a very Raiders thing to do. Totally. Um, man. So yep. I'm not, I'm not yep. surprised by that. I think no. with everything that the Ra- Raiders did right or wrong, rather, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, this last, uh, this last season, at least the start of the season, mm-hmm. the position that they put themselves in, uh, you know, and competing in the playoffs and competing in that that wild card game against the you know Bengals, a, a game that you and I both kind of wrote off. Wrote off. Yeah, honestly, um, and it yeah, ended I mean, up look, being a pretty good game. Honestly, yeah, actually, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, but I think you know, hey, look, dude, like it's it's a good hire. I mean, you know, this team seems to be on that kind of finally that right track. They they've got good young talent on that team. Yeah. They've got you know they're they're definitely following behind Carr. Um, you know, I, good pick. I, I don't, I'm not mad about that one. Sure. Um, you know, Peterson for Jacksonville. I don't know, man. Cause I mean, for all accounts, Byron left, which I know he took himself out of the running yesterday. And so the Jags decided to go this route. Um, uh, I don't know. I, maybe, you know, I don't know why, um, left, decided to not, um, take the job or took his name out of consideration. Maybe it's just the opportunity to work with this this young quarterback down there in Tampa Bay and, and continue working on with Bruce Arians. I mean, I don't know. I, I may have read something about Bruce Arians maybe trying to step away finally or, you know, retire from coaching. So maybe maybe Leftwich knows something about Tampa Bay that would give him the fast track of taking over that team. Um, and 
given their success and their offense and stuff like that, they would have perhaps a better opportunity to compete in the playoffs as opposed to Jacksonville that, you know, has got a young quarterback and sure, sure. only mustered, what, two, three wins this last yeah, season. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. If you're Peterson, yeah, you're, you know, a few years, four years, three years removed from winning a championship, um, you know, winning the Super Bowl, unprobable kind of a Super Bowl. Um, you know, hey, I, I don't know. I, you probably can speak to it. I looked at his record. It's not particularly, like, overwhelmingly good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty lackluster. Yeah. But from what I can tell, I mean, you know, he's an offensive kind of guy, you know, a guy that could potentially help Lawrence and, and guide that offense maybe a little yeah. bit better. I mean, look, after the Urban Meyer debacle, is a guy that's not going to ruffle any feathers no, off the field. No. He's going to, yep. you know, he's going to probably instill some sort of yeah. discipline in that team. And, yep. I mean, at the at the very least, set this team on track so that when they get their next coach in a year or two, <laughs> You know, in a couple of years, uh, maybe they're set up for better success. I, you know, that's that's kind of my take on those two hires. Nice, man. Um, yeah, dude. I, you know, I'll start with the Raider ones first. I mean, Rich Basaccia, I, I think it was the interim coach's name, and I might have butchered that. But, you know, obviously a great job taking over. But it's the Raiders. They're in Las Vegas now. Mark Davis wants a big name, you know, uh, and – promoting your interim coach it's just not sexy and nobody had heard of this guy before he got the interim tag this year so it's not a surprise to me um you know they hired John Gruden to be a big name with the move to Las Vegas coming and everything he was never going to stick around it's a business so you're in Las Vegas you're going to get a Super Bowl there probably in a few years um and with the the way oh it totally is and with Derek Carr played this year uh to despite everything You've got an opportunity to build on that, so it was smart to go get one of the best offensive minds out there and bring Josh McDaniels in and make that pairing happen. So I'm not surprised by it. I can see why players would be upset. Clearly, he was a good coach to rally these guys to four straight wins and get them into the playoffs. It was really impressive. But when you look at the business side of it, it makes complete sense that they went a different route, and they were always going to. Even if this guy would have won a playoff game, I think he still would have been they would have canned him and went with somebody else. Because while interim coaches have been promoted, you know, in the NFL, what they do that second year is always, it's hard to follow it up when you're given the reins of a whole year. So um, that, that, that hire made sense to me. And then Jacksonville, yeah, you know, Doug Peterson was a long time, uh, you know, backup quarterback in this league. Uh, He came from, the Packers, Mike Holmgren coaching tree way back when, you know, West Coast offense, you know, very creative offense of mine, mm-hmm. won that Super Bowl with the Eagles with Nick Foles. Remember, Nick Foles at quarterback during that playoff run. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate that year, but Nick Foles took him, won a Super Bowl. So Peterson, he knows what he's doing from an offensive standpoint, it seems like. So to bring him in, to work with the young quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, it's a pretty good fit, you know. Byron Leftwich would have made more sense, but from what I understand, for whatever reason, we don't know what's going <coughs> on with Jacksonville GM Trent Bulky. Uh, but I think that was one of the sticking oh, right, points. Right. Yeah, he's got that reputation of kind of being condescending, kind of being a you know tough to work with sometimes so and my understanding was not everybody was gung ho about him in Jacksonville. So I don't know if he just said, you know what. They can't make up their mind on the GM. I'm good. I'll wait for another opportunity. 
Lefwich is going to be a coach in this league, and when he yeah. gets it, he's going to be a good coach. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's got he's got the intangibles. Um, dude, he back in the day, Jacksonville players were carrying him off the field um, when he was playing quarterback. So you you could tell he's got coach material. Like yeah. you know, yeah. I mean. Green Bay doesn't carry Aaron Rodgers off the field. Tom Brady doesn't get carried off the field. So dudes are going to want to play for this guy when he yeah. gets an opportunity. Yeah. To me, it just is like he he was like, hey, I'm ready, Jacksonville. Jacksonville couldn't can't make their decision with their GM. Fine, I'll I'll wait. You guys clearly aren't aren't ready yet. So yeah. um, good one there. So yeah, I think yeah. both of those hires were good. I have no issues with them. I, I understand the, the some of the Raiders players, you know, and, and everything. And, you know, this guy rallied him around. It was a lot of adversity this year. But the business side of it, they were always going to go and try to get a big name. Yeah. And Josh McDaniels is a big name. Yeah, you know, he is. No doubt. Yeah. So that brings us to maybe the big snub, coaching snub, you know, Brian Flores, which mm-hmm, has led to mm-hmm. a lawsuit. There's a lot of things within that lawsuit. Bill Belichick text messages, allegations of – you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars being offered to tank in Miami. There's a lot to unpack from this, Mikey, but I'm, yeah. of course, curious, as always, to get your thoughts on this lawsuit and, you know, just, just your thoughts in general about this. Yeah, dude, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I think that, you know, first and foremost, you have, um, you know, the – the unfair hiring practices that exist within the NFL. Sure. Um, yep. You know, there was nine jobs, nine head coaching jobs that were open up and open in the NFL. Six of them have now been filled and all six of them have been filled by white coaches. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody that has, that has now gotten the job. You've got, sure. you know, rookie head coaches now you yeah. you know you've got kind of some some redemptive coaches and like a Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels potentially or even a Peterson for that matter the guys we just talked about um and I'm not trying to say that they are not deserving of their of their titles and their and their new jobs but when you look at this this conversation that is now existing as a result of this lawsuit it's really hard to look at those hires and look at the Byron Leftwich type situation and look at these things and not get at least some resemblance of ickiness, um, you know, existing when you have basketball, the same kind of thing. When you have football where predominantly the league exists of their player personnel is of minorities, but then you look at the sidelines and you know, you have the predominantly white coaching staffs or predominantly white head coaches and, you know, owners are white and all these other kinds of things. The, the optics of that are not good. Yeah, and, I agree. And, you know, when you have, as you just said, you have a Byron, Byron Leftwich sitting out there that is, by all accounts, going to be a tremendous head coach someday, um, and why he's not getting more consideration, right? Yeah. And when you look at Brian Flores and the coaching tree in which he comes from, Brian Belichick, you know, yeah, Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick, and, absolutely, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, yep. we, we talked about that before hitting record, that, like, Belichick is to the NFL what Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich is to the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this guy brings in these these offensive coordinators. He brings in these coaches. They they succeed with him for a couple years, and then yeah. next thing you know, they're on the, 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 the you know, the lists of – the top of the list for all these potential teams that are going to have vacancies, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, 
you know, it, it's hard to to disagree. And, you know, the three seasons that Flores had in Miami there, the first season, not so good, which we'll get to in a minute. Sure, yeah. Um, but the last two seasons, he put in, put up winning records. He, yeah, ha- he seemingly yeah. had this team turned around or at yeah. least riding the ship. A team that, On the cusp of the playoffs. Right, you know? a team that, you know, no one fully anticipated or expected to be as good as quickly. A team that for, you know, quite a few years has been kind of a laughing stock. Yeah. Um, especially when you look at the teams in Florida or, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, man, it's really hard to, uh, to kind of disagree with this guy. So you've got that, the hiring practices. Sure. Then you have this idea that regardless, and you've got some interesting points and, and I, I want I want you to get to those. Sure. But you have this text conversation between him, Flores, and Belichick, yeah, yeah. with Belichick allegedly congratulating him on the job that he had not interviewed yet for. Yeah. And but in turn it but turns out that potentially he was actually meaning to thank or or congratulate Brian DeBall, who Ended up getting the job, yeah. obviously, who used to work for uh, Bill Belichick, who is now the who was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. And again, Flores, to his credit, you know, congratulates him, says, "Hey, he's going to yeah. be a hell of a head coach." Yeah, you totally, know, all that kind of totally. stuff. It's nothing yeah. against him. Yep. Um, but you've got this whole thing, you know, and that makes me wonder. Okay, well then, how did Belichick know that yeah. this guy was yeah. going to get hired yeah. when he's involved in the Patriots? He's not involved with the Bills. Yeah. He's not involved with, with the, the Giants. Giants. He's yeah. not involved with the Dolphins. Right. Yep. Um, and then there's the Denver Broncos too that are involved in this. Um, so you know you've got all these various angles to look at, but I think when you just look at the brass tacks, and again I'm looking at it just from the face value standpoint. I think you have some extra points. We'll get to those. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. But like Mikey. the idea that Belichick would text this guy and congratulate him being the wrong Brian. It makes me question because there's been rumors for years about these backroom dealings yeah, and all of these yeah, conversations yep. that exist, right? Yeah. And it's no secret that those of us that are, you know, the the these the 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 not the low lives, but we are we are the we are the common folk, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we yeah. are not these these rich white guys that are owners of, of franchises yeah, and things no, like no, that. No, we're you know, I mean yeah. they're you don't have to look very far or go very far to have rumblings of backroom dealings in anything involving rich, rich, rich people. Right. And this isn't a classist issue. I'm just saying that like, it's not that surprising that privileged people get privileged information and, and, and they use their influence and whatnot to their advantage. Um, and I think that that's kind of Belichick is known as a prickly guy. Um, you know, whatever I, I could totally see him being anti-technology and like sending a text because he doesn't like sending a text. Of course, you have a different take on that. But dude, I I just – it's really hard to sit here and just be like, that just sucks. I mean if you're Brian Flores and you're getting these texts and you know they asked him on an interview. They were like, well, why did you go to the interview anyway if you knew that you you weren't getting the job? And I like his answer. I mean, his answer is you know, pretty, was good. pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's like, hey, look, I thought I could go in there and change some minds. Maybe I could, you know, and, yeah. and show them what my resume, show them what I've got. And, you know, but obviously, clearly, that wasn't the case. Yeah. These are, you know, and if you're 
a black player in the NFL, and I can't speak to it, but if you're, you know, somebody that's angling for equality, and the NFL has dragged their feet with this in regards yeah. to this for years, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go to the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, yeah. You know, you could go to their their allowing players to continue to play despite off-field issues um, and getting these second chances and these third chances and all these other kinds of things despite the optics of it because they put a good product on the field and all these kinds of things. And I get it. Fans don't tune in. I don't tune in to watch Cliff Kingsbury coach. Right, I yeah. tune in to see what Kyler Murray <laughs> and, sure. and D-Hop are going to sure, do. And that right, kind of, of thing, course. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but having said that, they're, the NFL's got a real issue here, and and they they're, they have a reckoning, regardless yep. of how this goes. Yeah, totally. Yep. Um, you know, because then on top of that, you have another issue that I think is separate, completely separate from the coaching yeah. issue. You have this other thing that he brings up, him being Flores, that the owner of the Dolphins, Ross, offered to pay him in his first season a hundred thousand dollars for each loss. Yeah. To tank the season. To tank, yeah, to get a better pick. Yeah. Um and. We've talked about it, and we've talked about there's no secret that the NBA, the NFL, Major League yeah. Baseball, I mean, there, yeah. there's no really professional – those three professional sports in America, tanking exists, right? Totally. And, the, and the leagues try and do things to try and prevent that from of happening. Course. yeah. The yeah. teams find creative ways to, to yeah. get around that, right? Yeah. And I think that's just a nature of the beast. I think the NBA gets it probably the most right because yeah. – it's yeah. not like you just have the worst record, you get the number one pick, like right. in the NFL, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. You There's a lottery system that exists. So you could have the 15th or the right, 17th worst record, right? So you just missed the playoffs yeah. and still get the number one pick. Yeah, right. So I think that the NBA gets that right to some degree. Um, but dude, I, I that's kind of my take. I, I just I think it sucks. Sure. I think you have yeah. a qualified guy that got let go unceremoniously. Yeah. Um. Really, not a whole lot of reasoning behind his firing that I can recollect. I yeah. mean, they had, they were turning their seasons around a lot. He posted winning records yeah. in the last yeah. two seasons. Everything that you would want from a young up and coming coach and a young up and coming team, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. And so you you've got some pretty big things going out there. I just think it sucks. I mean, and he might he might go the way of Ka- Kaepernick, and he may never coach in this league again. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because I agree. I mean, yeah. he's by all accounts he's you know uh, a good coach and you know would do big things. Um, so anyway, dude, I know you have some interesting takes on this. I'm curious to know. Uh, you know, sure. I want you to let the people know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. So the the first thing we'll start with the Rooney Rule, and and I think it's obviously it, it needs to get changed. You know, it was implemented in two thousand three just to make sure that minority candidates um, actually got an opportunity to, you know, get interviewed and so on. So that rule was instituted where you, as a franchise, need that to interview two outside minority candidates as part of the process. But what it's also created is this, we're just going to check a box type of thing. So you could actually argue, while this was made to give minority coaches a better opportunity to actually get hired, it kind of also created a scenario where they're just getting an interview to check a box, not necessarily being brought in on the merits of their coaching, which is what it should be. They shouldn't be interviewed to check a box. So Rooney Rule needs to get overhauled. Answers, I have no idea. You know, the NFL is going to – the NFL, we know, is about perception. Let's Correct. be honest yeah. here. Um, you know, Kaepernick, they didn't like that perception. 
So he got ousted out of the league. But now it's we're welcoming any kind of, you know, it, players taking a stance against social justice and everything because, you know, it's done a complete 180. So now the NFL is jumping in line. I mean, let's go back a decade. The, everybody knew NFL players, unfortunately, not all of them, but they had an issue going on for decades with domestic violence. And yeah. these players going and hitting women and other people, just being violent. And it actually took an egregious video of a former player punching, cold clocking his girlfriend and knocking her out cold for the league to finally do something about it. So this is a league that's about perception, yeah. first and foremost. And I would argue that they... I don't know. I don't know how much they really care about the minority thing. They care about the perception. And that's well, why look at the, the Washington the football rule. team. They allowed the, the Washington football team to, you know, sort of congratulations on your new name, Kim, Commanders. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you allowed that name to persist despite yeah, the negativity right, right. around it. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs. I mean that's that's yeah. more that's a little bit more sign of respect, you know, that kind of a thing. Sure. You know, than than what Washington name was. Yeah. You know, but you allowed that, and it took yeah. a tremendous effort. And there have been native tribes that have been trying for decades to get oh, that yeah, name totally. eradicated yeah. off yeah. of you know from from them. Yeah. Um, as well as their logo, and they've Good done they've done time. another they've done little tweaks. The Washington football team did, you know, they, oh, yeah, they sure, got rid sure. of the original logo, yeah, and no, they kind of did yeah. some things, and just yeah. kind of went with the W, and you know, kept the colors, and mm -hmm. you know, all those other kinds of things. But you're right, it's about perception, and, yeah. and if if there was no uproar about it, there, and you know, no potential loss of advertising dollars yeah. or anything like that, yeah. then guess what? They still would be their previous right. name, right? Um, at, at, to your point about, you know, what Flores has been able to accomplish the last couple of years as a head coach, absolutely. He got the Dolphins on the cusp of the playoffs the last two years in a very difficult AFC. Yeah. They had been eliminated from the playoffs. They, they were playing New England in that final game. They, they won the last game of the regular season against the New England team that was still playing for playoff seating. Um, so, you know, what you can say about his teams, they fought till the very end. Mm -hmm. They were certainly competitive. Now, what I understood right after the season, some things came out when he was let go is, and that, look, he, despite how good of a coach he was, he did have some problems with the front office mm -hmm. from, from a relationship standpoint. And from what I heard, again, this is from other reporters and so yeah, on that yeah. covered the Dolphins, but basically he came in and wanted to run things like Bill Belichick does. The problem is, is... Yeah, you don't have any playoff wins. You don't right. have any of that. And to, despite the success he had, they still didn't make it to the playoffs at all. So it's difficult. And when you look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree, a lot of guys have been hired, but they don't stick. Joe Judge is already gone in the Giants. He failed miserably. Josh McDaniel's first hire was a complete failure in Denver. He started 6-0 and and lost every game, and he got fired. Um, his other coaches are not head coaches. I mean, some of them are, but... His, if you generally look at his yeah. coaching tree, that's it's not been very good because right. these guys go in, they try to run their franchise like Bill Belichick does, and you know that's twenty something years in the making. Not to mention, Belichick goes all the way back to the '80s and being yeah. on Bill Parcells' staff. That's where he made his name yeah. with the New York and Giants. Yeah. Oh, so, by the way, Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. So you know, uh, it it. it that is part of it as well. So, you know, if you can't manage relationships up, you have to be able to do that too. You know, yes, you have to be able to control your football team and your coaching staff, 
but you have to be able to get along with these front office types too. So I don't know. I mean, those are just the reports, but based off of his merits, you would say, yeah, Brian Flores certainly deserves to be a head coach right now. So, um, you know, I, do I think it's egregious he didn't get a job? Yeah. Do I think it's ridiculous that he was brought into an interview and the team already knew who they were going to hire? Yeah. Am I surprised by it? No. I think yeah. most teams go into their coaching search knowing who they want. Right. The Broncos knew they wanted Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay. That was their guy. And they went and got him. I mean, right. it's not a big surprise. Teams will go in normally having idea of who they want. Correct. You know, we've been hearing Josh McDaniel's name for weeks before this actually happened. Not a big surprise. So, you know, that's that's part of it. So yeah. how do you buck the whole thing? Well, I think it's clear the Rooney rule needs to get overhauled. There's yeah. been many seasons since they implemented that rule where no minority candidates got hired. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hope this offseason changes. We yeah. still have a couple more openings out there, but... Um, so clearly that needs to get overhauled. So the thing now with the lawsuit is, is being able to prove it. And I hope, I really hope that he can, um, because I, I do agree. I, I think there's a lot of times that minority coaches have been deserving and didn't get a, didn't get a chance. Yeah. Talk about Jim Caldwell. Jim yeah. Caldwell led the, the Lions yeah. to the playoffs, got fired two years later, and they've yeah. been terrible ever since then egregious stupid yeah. didn't make any sense at all yeah. you know so i i there's some examples you can go through and say hey i don't those guys should have been coaching a little bit longer so right but then i would also say that like when you look at like the arizona cardinals i mean pre-kingsbury we had steve wilkes yeah you did yeah a more defensive minded yeah. guy yep. and whatnot yep. and you know he helped kind of lay a blueprint yeah. for what our defense was going to look like but then we go out and we get kyler murray and we yeah. you know get these offensive yeah. guys and then it made a little bit more sense to go sure. with a more offensive-minded guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that the Wilkes firing was justified. I mean, we were – we had – there was expectations, and I don't think we met what those expectations looked like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And to your point, I think it's a little bit opposite in that regard. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You, you yeah. talk about a Jim Caldwell that, you know, he's got – or or even um, whoever uh, – Tony Dungy. I mean, I know, yeah, that, you know, how long did, sure. did he have success? And now he's having success, you know, doing his sure, TV broadcasting. Sure. But, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, these are coaches that when given that opportunity had success. And, you know, it's unfortunate, though, that like there's these newer, sexier candidates that are out there that get those looks as opposed to some of these other guys. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. Yeah. So. Um, the, the, now the issue with the lawsuit is, of course, is going to be able to prove discrimination, sure. which is going to be very difficult to do because yeah. it's going to be difficult to argue that the, the guys that have been hired weren't deserving of the positions. They're right. bright minds. They have a pedigree as well. So it's going to be very difficult to argue that. And even going to the Miami situation and, uh, you know, the, the supposedly paying to tank and everything look, there's no racial discrimination with that. That's sure. a separate issue. Uh, I get why you would mention it in, yeah. in the thing, of course. You yeah. know, hey, I'm I'm a young African-American coach. It's my first year. I We're not getting many opportunities, and you're asking me to tank? Like, yeah. this could have big implications on my future coaching in this league. Right. So I get that part of it. But... Especially if you factor in the backroom dealings. Yeah, I mean, What happens totally. if you get fired, and yep. then you go and you say, hey, man, I paid this guy off to tank the season. Like yeah. You might not want him on your staff. You might not want him. Right. You, know, you might yeah. not want to hire him. Yeah, totally. So, but I will say this, though. That yeah. To your point about like having to prove the racial discrimination thing, doesn't have to. Because he can already win in public opinion. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. so, I mean, obviously you want things to change, but if the NFL is in fact about perception, then they will change the rules regardless of whether they he wins will. or not. But if you think the NFL is going to concede that there's racial discrimination no. going on, there's no way they're going to do it. And yeah, if you're going to beat an NFL lawyer, good luck. They've yeah, won a true. lot of stuff where yeah. they've been wrong. Concussions, let's yeah. be honest, they yeah. did a settlement there, but only when – they were backed into a corner cool. and had no other way to do it. Um, It'll be interesting thing. to see if yeah. anybody else comes forward with it, regards yeah, it to... it will be. It will be. You so, know? I mean, that those are my initial thoughts yep. on it. I know we talked about the Belichick text messages. I thought maybe he's so detailed-oriented that he might... And I've heard this from other people. Maybe he did it on purpose, so Flores did have the information to be able to go with this. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. just... It's a guess. I have no idea, but... Then again, I could see him being, like you mentioned, an older generation guy. It's like, ah, why did text message, yeah. you know, whatever, I don't care. And, you know, back to watching film and everything else right, or whatever. Right. So, uh, but that being said, I, I hope I hope it succeeds. And I tip my hat to Brian Flores because it's clear the Rooney rule doesn't work. Yeah. And something needs to change yeah. 100%. So, um, I hope he gets an opportunity to coach again. Hey, if it's not in the NFL and you're a college program, um Take a look at this guy. Yeah. He clearly knows how to build a winner real quick. And if you don't think young, you know, African-American players are going to want to sign up to play for this guy with what he's they'll doing right up. now, they'll line up. Yeah. He, he could go recruit. So, you know what? If the NFL ends up blackballing him or he can't get a job, your major university, call this guy up right yeah. now. Get him in there, and he'll turn your program hey, around. Hey, Jim Harbaugh decided to stay at Michigan. So, you know, there's Very clearly some, some lucrative yeah, uh, there's yeah. lucrative opportunities out there totally. in the college football race. So, you know, we, we tip our cap to Brian Flores. And Not to mention a college program you might that. be able to run closer to what a Bill Belichick-type system. Oh, totally, yeah. Because it's you have control different. You have of control, that. yeah. You're recruiting guys. You're bringing in the players. It's yeah. totally different yeah. in, in that regard. So, And you're not good dealing point. with one rich owner. You're yeah, dealing good with point. a board of trustees right. who are about money. And yeah, that's I mean, you are dealing it. with boosters and all that other oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Of yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Like you, you don't. You have to deal with an athletic director, and you have to deal with, like you said, a board of trustees. Yeah, I don't know. You're absolutely right. That's an interesting point. Nice, man. So, okay, um, there we go. We, you know, there, there's our our take on that one. We'll monitor that, of course, as yeah. the developments happen. So, uh, but you know, I hope. One of these, at least next three openings, are filled by a minority candidate. Would be you know it'd be it'd be kind fantastic. of a interesting. I think the Miami job is the one that's the yeah, most interesting right? yeah, because yeah. they're embroiled in this, yes. they're involved in this, and so it'll be interesting. And I haven't seen any list of like their candidates no me either, or anything. me either. But it'll be interesting to see if maybe they try and go out and again perception right, right like yeah, if they go out yeah. but then again you could then you could make the case like well they only did this because of x y and z right so like i'm sorry the miami dolphins have now put themselves in a position where they're damned if they do and they're damned yeah if they yep you're right and then if it's you're the head coach if you're that minority head coach that takes this job then you have to answer those questions about well okay great you got the job but why did you get the job right right, right. which is something yeah. that has plagued minorities throughout all of affirmative action and all that other kind of stuff True. is did you get it because you're qualified or did you get it because of right. the color of your skin right and that's where like you're saying the Rooney rule needs to go away because these guys need to be judged on the merits of yeah. their resumes yeah and if you're going to give the guy from Green Bay, the offensive coordinator that's now the head coach in Denver who, you know, had not been a previous head coach, yeah. right? I mean, he's getting a new opportunity. You know, you got these guys that are getting these opportunities that didn't have them before, well-deserved, 
Yeah. Like the Giants head coach, new you know the new head coach. I don't know, man. But it is you you're you're putting you're putting yourself in a very awkward and difficult position. Yeah, totally agree, man. And totally then agree. and you go into the off season, you go into free agency, you go into preseason, having to answer all of these questions that really have not a whole hell of a lot to do with football. Yeah, good point, Mikey. Good point. And you were on the cusp of the playoffs last yeah. few years, so I mean, the goal would be if you're firing your coach would be to get to the playoffs next year. It's gonna be tough to do with all this stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hey, guys, we'll take a quick segment break. When yep. we come back, we'll wrap it up. We're going to talk a little basketball, little basketball. a little w- yeah. WNBA in there. So, Balls and Beards podcast, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, season two, episode four, moving right along. Mikey and I, of course, went through Mr. Brady retiring, mm-hmm. recapped those championship games, talked about the coaching uh, carousel in the NFL, and, of course, Brian Flores' lawsuit. Gave your thoughts on that. Now we're going to switch it up a little bit, talk a little basketball, of course. So you got some rumors, trade deadline, you know, heating up around the corner, some interesting mm. news in the WNBA. Uh-huh. Mikey, yep. I'm going to turn it over to you, my friend, Let's and uh, have you get us up to date here on, right. on the basketball ongoing. Let's do it. So, all right, cool. So first things first, we have um, potentially the first domino to fall in the uh, leading up to next week's trade mm-hmm. deadline, folks. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers have made a trade with the Portland Trailblazers, a fellow Western Conference Pacific Division team. Interestingly enough, typically these things don't happen um, in the midst of the season or at all, really. True, yeah. Um, unless they're minor trades, draft picks, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the Clippers are trading Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a future second-round pick for Norman Powell and Robert Covington, interestingly enough. Um, you know, the interesting thing, why I say that's interesting is that you've got two big time, not big time, but you have two really good defenders in, yeah. in Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Both guys can shoot the ball pretty well. Norman Powell's a little bit undersized. He plays kind of the undersized four, yeah. um, position when really they're both threes. They're both small forward kind of players. Sure. But the, the the thing here for the Clippers is that, you know, potentially Kawhi Leonard rumor came out this morning that Kawhi Leonard could, in fact, be done for the year. Oh, um, wow. And, and wow. Which they already kind of figured that, but there was speculation that he could come back by the playoffs. Right. Um, but if this is, in fact, true, then that makes sense why they make this deal. Um, Paul George, there's still speculation he could make a chance to come back okay. um, with his with his elbow. But Norman Powell is under contract for the next five years. He's oh, in wow. the midst of his uh, contract extension that he's a new contract that he had signed with the um, uh, Portland Trailblazers this last offseason, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. So they're going to have him locked up for a yeah, while. Yeah, he's going to be there um, for a while. Which okay. is going to be good, good for yeah. the Clippers. Totally. Um, Robert Covington, he's an unrestricted free agent after this season, which is okay. why he was. There was speculation that he could get moved because they didn't want to. They weren't going to be able to hold on to him. Plus, whatever happened with C.J. McCollum. Plus, whatever happens with Dane Lillard, Joseph Nurkic. Um, But he's. But they will have his bird rights, so they could match, and it doesn't. It has some tax implications, but not in a bad way. You know, it's interesting. Eric Bledsoe, a guy that they brought back into the fold. um, You know, this is. He's got two near two years left on his deal, but 
But his second year uh, for Eric Bledsoe is only three four million dollars is guaranteed, so they can move on from that if it doesn't work out. Sure. Um, plus, they get a little bit of a stopgap depending on if okay. what happens with Lillard. I think Justice Winslow, a guy that's kind of toiled around in the league a little bit, hasn't really found his footing. All yeah. Stanley Johnson of the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's he's an interesting prospect in the sense that he's a guy that potentially he's got defensive potential. He's only got two years. Not a whole lot there. Keon Johnson's probably the big key thing here is that you get a young player that can go along with Afrini Simmons, who has been playing lights out basketball this year. He's mm-hmm. been playing really, really well. Um, you know, and that's what happens in the NBA, right? You know, you get these new, these yeah, upcoming totally. players, <laughs> yeah. and it makes you know trading some franchise type guys because you see that future, and you're like, well, I'm looking, I can yeah. keep this guy cheaper, yeah, and 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 move away from these big contracts. So anyway, absolutely, I think for the Clippers, they're in the midst of the play-in tournament right now. They just beat the Lakers last night um, off of a beautiful layup. I'm not, I'll give them credit, Reggie Jackson. Beautiful layup there to end up winning the game. Anthony Davis had a look, went in and out. Um, you know, yeah. I think he got fouled, but then again, I'm I'm, I'm a Laker <laughs> fan, so of course I thought yeah. he got fouled. Um, we should have gotten a stop anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the Clippers. This is a good move for them. Um, you know, it helps helps them defensively. Um, you know, offense. I think they have enough firepower. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's, I think it's a good move for them. I think you know I, this could be that first um, first uh, chip to fall. I I still don't think it's going to be that much of a of a, a yeah uh, eventful trade deadline season. Right. Um, I still I still maintain I do not think Ben Simmons is going to get traded. I don't think he's going to get traded. I heard something yesterday about Bradley Beal possibly getting yeah. a move for him, and I I just don't see the point. I don't see the point for Washington. Yeah. And if I if I'm a prospective NBA team right now, I, I do not want to trade for Ben Simmons. Yeah. You know, I want I want to find out if how much this guy likes basketball, how passionate it is about the game, and so on and so forth. Because to willingly sit out a season. Yeah. In the prime of year He's career. He's lost like $19 million yeah. so far this When season. you haven't even fully established yourself yet as kind of an all-star and kind of a I mean, he's made defender. two all, you know, he's made two all defensive teams in his young career yeah. so far. Um, you know, he, he made the all-rookie team. You know, I mean, look, he's a guy that when he's, his head is in the game, he's a good player. Yeah. I, I also think that like it's unfair for Ben Simmons. I'm not a big Ben Simmons fan. I mean, the dude's six foot eleven. He can do some things on the court that you yeah, know totally. are, are very yeah. LeBron esque, yeah. very Magic yeah. Johnson esque. Um, however, you know, it's unfair to put him on that pedestal of some of those greats, and especially scoring wise, because he's not a scorer. Nah, he's, I, I, he's not a guy. Still he's, developing. He's, right, and so I, I think it's kind of unfair to put him on this pedestal, and I think it's unfair for Daryl Morey to be asking his supposed asking price, which is why I think that this this goes well and this goes past the trade deadline and it gets done around the draft. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. When you can yep. sit there and yep. you can look at the particulars of deals yep. and you can look at the way people perform and yeah. what you want to do. You're in the midst of the playoff season. You know you're coming yep. into we're past the halfway point in the yep, season. Yeah, we are. Chris. Yeah, yep. Teams are now going to start thinking about playoff position sure. and all yeah. that other kind of stuff. Yeah. And you don't make big, big moves. Look, the Portland Trailblazers are going nowhere. They're yeah. actually quite a few games back of the Lakers for the tenth spot in the East yeah. or in the West. Sorry, excuse me, uh, for the play-in tournament. So. You're you're really you have the potential that you could get knocked out of the play-in tournament. Um, you know the the 
the smoke is getting thicker and darker when it comes to, you know, Dame Lillard's time in Portland. Sure. If you're Portland, you're looking at a reboot. You, yeah. you maybe yeah, give I Chauncey agree, Billups a yeah. complete fresh start with yeah. a complete young Just, roster and start from scratch, right? I like that. Yeah. Zero to little little to no expectations um, in Portland. I think that's why you do it. I, I think you wait till the offseason. Same thing with Philly. You kind of sure. do those things. Anyway, having said that, kudos to the Clippers. Kudos to the Blazers for getting this deal done. Um, I think the Western Conference is Phoenix and Golden State's to lose. I agree with um, you 100%. You know, I don't yep. think the Clippers, despite coming into the season as a, as a quote-unquote sexy pick to make to the NBA Finals or NBA Champions, with no PG and Kawhi Leonard, it's going to be really hard to do that in the Western Extremely Conference. Tall task. These yep. guys are going to be excellent additions to this roster. They're going to be, you know, they're I going agree. to play hard. Yeah. They're going to play hard for Tyloo, but you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. They're 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 not getting out of the first round because you make it out of the plan. Guess what? You're going to have a date with either Phoenix or Golden State. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck in totally a seven agree, game man. series. Absolutely. So um, anyway. Great so that's down. so yeah. that's um that's the trade news right there, guys. Awesome. Um, and a little bit of trade talk. The other thing is, um, briefly wanted to touch on. We did have the All Star starters were announced. Yeah, um, yeah. That's Kevin right. Durant yeah. and LeBron James are going to be the captains. LeBron sure. James broke yet another record um, for All Star selections and whatnot. Um, you know, along those are two your two captains. Nikola Jokic made the starter team. Wiggins made the starter team. Steph Curry made the starter team. Ja Morant, congratulations, he made the starter team. Big congrats. Your boy yeah. Giannis made the starter team. Embiid yep. made the starter team. Congratulations to DeMar DeRozan, Yay, who also DeMar made the DeRozan. starters. Yep. Uh, well Playing deserved the Bulls, there. Absolutely. And, you know, I your best friend. Trey Young also made <laughs> uh, the starters. Trey Young. But I think you know the what. Starters, you know, that is what it is. That I'm yeah. not so surprised about that one. The one that always garners attention, Chris, yes. is who the reserves are going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. In the Western Conference, Devin Booker. Um, okay. Luka yep. Doncic. Okay. Rudy Gobert. Draymond right. Green, who was announced that he's not going to be playing because he's hurt. Okay. Uh, so Commissioner Silver will announce his replacement. Okay. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. All right. Chris Paul and Carl Anthony Towns in the okay. Western Conference. All right. I, I, I just, even though Green's hurt, he's been playing rejuvenated basketball he along has with been, Steph yeah. Curry this yeah. year. That's agree, a well-deserved Mikey. one. Yeah, totally. Luka might be the only one out of the West that I could maybe argue is he's had kind of an up-and-down season. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I don't think... He hasn't played the Luka basketball that we're accustomed to seeing the last two I seasons. I agree, yeah. You yeah. know... Um, even as a Laker fan, I don't disagree with AD being left on this list. I yeah. do not disagree with, um, Russell Westbrook being left off of this list. Yeah. Both of those guys, Russ has not played particularly well. We all know that AD's been hurt. He, he's, he's been, been hurt, hurt for yeah. far too long, yeah, totally. far, far too much yep. in order yep. for him to even be considered for a reserve spot. So I don't disagree with that at all. East Reserves, uh, in your Eastern Conference, we've got yeah. Jimmy Butler, who I think is well-deserved. Darius Garland, I think to ha- to not have somebody from the Cleveland Cavaliers on the All-Star team would be a travesty. I'm yeah, glad that Darius I'm glad Garland I, Yeah, I agree. I think Jared, Jared Allen deserves a spot on the All-Star team as well. Um, okay. That's just my, yeah. that's my yeah. thinking. I won't um, argue with that. James Harden made the team. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Zach Levine, uh, I think he, he's deserving. deserving of it. I agree. Chris yeah. Middleton. 
Yay, finally, yes, yes. Jason Tatum, and to round it out in his, he went from not being drafted to now being an all-star, Mr. Fred Van Vliet. Wow, Fred Van Vliet. Um, for the Toronto Raptors. He's a heck of a player at Wichita State well. in college, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, here's a guy that, like I said, undrafted. Yeah. You know, kind of toiling behind Kyle Lowry there in, in Toronto. Um, ended up being kind of a super, having a coming out party during um, that finals the, run, the finals right? a couple run. years back. Yeah, um, he was fantastic. And then, and then now he kind of got the contract that he deserved, and now he gets the all-star recognition that yeah. I think is well-deserved. Totally. Um, again, I don't disagree with a whole lot of these picks. I, I think LaMelo Ball for Charlotte, I think, is a, a, is a case could be made that he should have made the team. Okay, yeah. Um, I, you know, I could see he's that. He's been kind yeah. of hurt, but at the yeah. same time, I mean, he's he's been playing really good he's basketball. He's been playing good ball, and Charlotte's so, been pretty good this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so know? it's really hard to kind of keep him out of it. Yep. Um, you know, no New York Knicks. I, I don't, I don't. Um, you know, Ky- Kyrie Irving, same kind of thing as AD or Russell Westbrook. I, you can't. Yeah, I've, he's missed no too much. Issues. No he issues. can't. He can't yep. be. He can't be considered. Uh, no uh, you know, I, I mean, not a whole lot of other guys. I think that you know, um, Kyle Lowry's been in and out of the lineup. I don't. I don't disagree with that one. I. I think these. Outside of LaMelo Ball, I don't think there's very many guys that I could sit here and be like, oh, well, they should have made the team yeah. or, or anything like that. I, I think that these are – yeah, these, these are these you, are Mikey. safe picks. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think these are pretty LaMelo safe LaMelo Ball picks. is the one that sticks out to me too. But otherwise, I, yeah. no, no issues. Yeah, yeah. No issues. Um, so, I, you know, if you look, Dime Magazine, Dime.com, they've got DeJounte Murray from the Spurs possibly – Jaron Jackson Jr. being snubs, Jarrett Allen, who I have mentioned, yeah. um, and then you've got uh, Miles Bridges and Lamelo Ball. Uh, I mean, Lamelo, I think in particular, Miles yeah. Bridges is what it is. And I think when it comes to some of those young talents, um, you know, they're 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 going to get theirs. I think. They'll get a chance. Yeah, yeah they'll get they'll, they'll, it. they'll, they'll get, get theirs at yeah. some point in time. I agree. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it for that. Kind of like, but I'm going to switch things up in basketball here, uh, Let's Chris. Let's do it, bro, yeah. Going to switch things up a little bit, guys, on you. Um, hope you don't mind. Keeping it in basketball, but a controversial thing that's kind of coming out in the WNBA. All right, yeah. Um, you know, something Interested that we've to never hear about talked it, Mikey. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got these these reports coming, about, uh, coming out as far as compensation for the players in the WNBA. Okay. Um, and a lot of this has started out because of the reported salary that the well-deserved Becky Hammond will be getting from the Las Vegas Aces, in which is supposedly going to be north of $1 million a year. Wow. Okay? Now, for context, wow. Chris, the max salary for a WNBA player, the max, mm-hmm. yep. is $224,000. So she's going to get so paid four, about four times, times the amount, the amount as wow, a coach. Mikey. Now, in wow. what I have read up on this topic and whatnot in this subject is that the collective bargaining agreement is only there for the players. Okay. Coaches can get paid whatever they want. Yeah, okay. Now. Um, you have the six foot eight center for the the Las Vegas Aces, Liz Cab- Cambage, mm-hmm. um, who you know she tweeted out, ah yes, the WNBA where a head coach can get paid four times the highest paid player's supermax contract. Laugh my ass off, and y'all think I'm gonna spend another season upgrading <laughs> my seat on a flight to get to games out of my own pocket. So here you have somebody that makes six figures, but is under well, you know, 
under what Becky Hammond could make. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, talking about she's having to spend her own money to upgrade on a commercial flight to get out of coach. Now, again, in context, um, the WNBA has rules against teams booking charter flights for their teams because it potentially could create a, quote, unfair advantage for that team that books the, um, you know, the, 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 the charter flight. Sure. So, okay, continuing on with the story. Now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the Las Vegas Aces are owned by Mark Davis, who happens to be the owner the of the Raiders in Las Vegas. Sure. This is a man that had grew up with his dad who understands what it means to make money in a professional Absolutely, sport. You got to yeah. spend money yeah. to make money. Yep. Yep. I agree with what he says about paying Becky Hammond what she's going to be paid. She, there's value there. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you are trying to sell the product of the WNBA. Yep. yep. And having a coach in Becky Hammond that is well-respected in both the NBA and the WNBA, yep. just in basketball in general, you have to pay her, right? Totally. But on the flip side, she's not out there playing basketball. Right, yeah. So this idea, and, it, and word is coming out that some of these WNBA players – are being offered large sums of money, larger sums of money than what their WNBA contracts would be, folks, yep. to not play in the WNBA because they could go to Europe and play for a hell of a lot more without any of the taxes, without yeah. any of the other yep. you know, potential pitfalls of playing in the WNBA sure. in the States. Anyway, needless to say, I think that this is also, much like the Brian Flores situation in the mm-hmm. NFL, mm-hmm. Chris, this is shedding to light some of these disparities that exist yeah. Yeah. Um, in equal pay for sure. equal work. Yeah. Um, you know, all these varying things. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested, man. Um, I, I think that it's, it's – yeah, man, it's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and the CBA prevents guys like Mark Davis from paying yeah. players more because the collective bargaining agreement exists – Yes. So it doesn't allow him it to outpay to other play other teams. Interesting. Which means that if I'm an owner, yeah, like I should if if I'm an owner of a WNBA team, I should be a little wary of where this could potentially be headed. Yeah, and if you're totally. not willing to spend money yeah. on this product, yeah. then you shouldn't be an owner to begin with. I agree a hundred percent. Look, I tip my cap to Mr. Davis for for going that route and paying above and beyond because, like you said. Um, you have to spend money to make money. Yeah. So um, he's he's found a way outside of the restraints of the CBA to do that and to bring, you know, a positive aspect to the league. A female coach getting paid a million dollars in the NBA is a good thing. Now the players being capped at a one fourth of that and being offered more money overseas to to play there and, or not play or not excuse me to yeah. not play in the WNBA speaks to about. Poor leadership in the WNBA, for my opinion, and and quite frankly, piss poor representation in your CBA. I mean, yeah. you the strong groups with strong rep- representation get it done. So it sounds like this is an issue where these players need to go back and say, "Hey, we need we need better representation. Yeah. We need better. We need more to get done. Uh, we need the ability to get paid more. Yeah. We need to get rid of this ludicrous thing where a team can't charter a flight for their players. Yeah. 
Listen, in other sports, that should, it should be the other way around. They it's should the have other way to. around. They should yeah. have to. There's there's luxury taxes in other sports and everything else where if teams are willing to spend more money than other teams. They they pay a fine for it. Yeah. Whoop de woo. That's yeah. how it works. If you're willing to pay more money, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. There's teams in the NFL that have better facilities than other ones in newer mm-hmm. stadiums. Mm-hmm. There's colleges that have and and it comes to female basketball as well in college. There's a reason why the same five colleges are really good every year. They have the best facilities. They're willing to spend the money into it. So to me, this signals uh, ding, 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 ding at the top of the WA uh, leadership structure yeah. mm-hmm. on both sides of it. Get get back in there. You need yeah. to redo your CBA because it sounds like it's not a very player-friendly one. I mean, I don't know. It seems like a weird CBA that they have in place. Well, I don't know the details yeah, I, of I mean, it. So. I don't either, but I mean, I just know that it's interesting because, you know, the NBA operates the WNBA. Okay. So, you know, um, they are overseen. I don't know if they have, I don't know who their commissioner is with the WNBA or if it's Adam Silver as well or, or how that works. I don't think it is, but, yeah, you know, at the bottom line is, is that, you know, you're, you've, you've been showing season after season growth. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the amount of fans in your stands has grown. Yeah. You know, the particip- yeah. the participation of fans such as LeBron yeah. James and these sure. NBA players that yeah. are going and watching these games and participating, yep. you know, they're sitting on the sidelines yeah. and and they're they're going and watching these playoff yeah. games and all these kinds of things. I mean, it's growing the sport, right? It's good. Now which can't be, be a bad thing. And so now you need to show your players and your yeah. your employees essentially yeah. That, like, you're willing to invest in them. And sure. you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. yeah, maybe 10 years ago you could get away with paying this kind of money yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. you're getting to a point now where you're, you're, you're playing in fancier stadiums. You're, yeah, you're playing. You're expanding. A lot you of these teams, teams are owned coming. by the same ownership as the actual NBA counterparts. Gotcha. Um, okay. And so, you know, you, you got to start taking into account that. Sure. And, you know... I. I do. I agree with you. I, I think that you know you, you need to go back to the to the yeah. table. And I don't know when exactly when the NBA WNBA um, CBA expires. Sure. But yeah, absolutely, man. You you need to. I was, you need to you need to come to to your aid of your yeah. players because at the end of the day, that is your product. Yeah, right? totally. You know. And, yeah. Um, kudos for Becky for making this jump after the NBA yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. Hundred percent. Head coach yeah. in the WNBA. Yeah. Still would have liked to see her in the NBA. Yeah, and me she too. will potentially. Yeah, she could potentially. If she shows success in the WNBA, yeah, she'll totally, cross back totally. over. Totally. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, I, it's just it is kind of disappointing, and it makes you kind of want to like. Hopefully, there's not a boycott because hopefully this draws people to the sport yeah, instead of turns yeah. them away from it. Yeah, totally. But yeah, dude, it, it's it's. From an optical standpoint, it's not the greatest. I agree with you. I, I would say, and again, I don't know the details of any of their things or what they have for TV contracts and all that stuff, but get more aggressive. Get more yeah. aggressive with your TV contracts and yeah. your sponsors. That's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna bring in more money and be able to pay these ladies what they yeah, deserve to exactly. be. Exactly. Hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway, so that that catches everybody up a little bit on That's the a great take, basketball. Mikey. Yeah. Um uh, you know, hope Potentially here in the next week, guys, we're going to have more trades to speak of and uh, more basketball talk. And we'll start to look into how the playoff seedings are going to go and, and where that's going to look. Absolutely. Once these look rosters kind that. of get into more of a, a, a you know, for sure state. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, man, um, another great episode, dude. Yeah, totally, man. Really you know, enjoyed some it. Fairly great, serious great stuff today. Yeah, actually, yeah, man. it was. It was. 
Well, good stuff. Absolutely. Totally. Hey, guys. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4 in the books. Mikey and I will be back next week with our Super Bowl breakdown. Yes, sir. And we'll give you our picks. Hey, everybody. Have a great one. Anything else in closing today, Mike? Nope. I hope everybody has themselves a fantastic week. All right. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.